Man, I want to welcome everyone to Sycamore View today, especially if you're a guest. I'm glad you were here on this day. There's so many things going on on our campus today. We have lifeblood. You have a chance to give blood. There's a new children's worship taking place right now. We have a guest luncheon, a new member luncheon. Some of you are going to go home and be like, that church does everything for you. They'll do your taxes. They'll wash your car before you go home. Uh, we want to be a church that we want to be a church for everyone. Our mission here is to help people see Jesus. Our vision here is to be about the restoration of God. So we're glad you're with us. I have some friends who uh, they, they lead churches or pastor churches, and some of them have decided to no longer do senior Sundays like, like we do them today. And some of them maybe for good reason. I, I know there are some churches that have, have grown to the point where they have over 100 graduating seniors, and it would be really hard to, to walk through 100 of them and put them up on stage. I get that. Some of them have chosen to move away from the Sunday morning service because their churches are they're trying to be more seeker-friendly, more friendly to outsiders, and they're trying to get rid of a lot of insider stuff, so they do other events for their seniors. But there are a lot of churches who still do what we do, and this is an important fabric of our church's life, is to take time every May where we honor and celebrate the seniors, and we acknowledge them, we pray over them, and it's, it's an important part of who we are. So even if you're here today, and you're like, I'll never have a senior who graduates, or I don't know if this is really uh, uh, connects with who you are, it does. This is the church being the church, and that we all take pride in this day, and we celebrate it. That for those of you who may be a little older, we celebrate and we pray over these seniors asking God to do great things with them, because we want to be a church to take seriously what it means to invest in the next generation. As a local church body, we take seriously what it means to take upon ourselves the responsibility of pouring into younger people. But not only that, we celebrate and we acknowledge that uh, God is weaving together relationships and God is weaving together all kind of generations to mutually edify each other. So it's not just the older generations who are blessing the seniors today and the younger generations. It's also the younger generation that teaches so many of us about God. So the last couple of days, maybe you have seen this video. I just, uh, when I saw it, I was like, this kind of fits for Senior Sunday. So I want you to direct your eyes to the screen for about a minute. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that awesome? Uh, and I love the thought about this being a day. We're not that we're saying bye to these seniors that we'll never see them again. But a day where older people take great pride in this day. How many of you, I'm just curious, of the seniors, how many of you have been in this church your entire life? Just a show of hands. How many of you have been there like half your life you've been in this church? All right. I mean, it seemed like about half of you raised your hand. How many of you in this church have taught them in a Bible class, the seniors here today? Just a show of hints. How many of you changed their diapers and nurseries? <laughs> a while back. It's the, it's the church being the church. So, uh, I want to just offer up a, a word today, and a lot of times, right after Easter, I'm launching into a new series, and usually I, uh, post-Easter, I talk about, you know, risk and courage and fearlessness and what it means to live out the power of the resurrection, so I'm launching a new sermon series today that's going to go a few weeks called Fearless, and we're going to talk about fearless prayer and fearless service and fearless relationships, and on Senior Sunday, I often try to think of what is a word I want to leave the seniors with or a word I want to give the church to pray over them, and the word I want to focus on, just for a few moments today is the word courage. It's a word that seems to be uh, almost on the brink of like going extinct in some church circles today. Yet a word that we can never lose, the word courage. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 18, it says, perfect love drives out fear. 
And, and I love this phrase of what it does. Now, I know in all of our lives, there needs to be a healthy amount of fear in us. Like you want your kids to be afraid of running out into a street. Uh, there is a call in the Bible to fear God, not in a way where we're scared of God or we're trying to hide from him, but that this, there's fear and adoration. So I get that there are healthy forms of fear. But perfect love drives out fear. But if we're not careful what happens, and if you go to the next slide, if we're not careful what happens is what we live is that fear drives out perfect love. And most of us know that that top one is what the Bible says, but in practice is what the second one says. That we acknowledge and we quote and reference the top one, yet the way a lot of people live is the bottom one. That we allow fear to drive out to drive out love. And this can't happen. So um, Will Smith, the actor, I often get confused with him. Sometimes people come up and they're like, is this, are you the actor Will? Can I get an autograph? And I'm like, no, I'm Preacher Josh, all right? But Will Smith turned 50 over the last year. And what he chose to do for his 50th birthday is he chose, uh, for his 50th year of life, is that he wanted to face his fear. So he's, he has these videos that have gone viral. He's created a bucket list. And what he did, it wasn't just a bucket list of things he wanted to do. He made a bucket list of the greatest fears in his life. And he wanted to face them head on. So on his 50th birthday, he, he bungee jumped out of a helicopter over the Grand Canyon. He has a fear of heights. He has a fear of water and sharks. So he went with some friends and they swam with sharks. So he's He's embodied courage. It's the 50th year of his life. That's what he wants to do. He wants to take on his fears head on. Brene Brown is a great sociologist. She's a a best-selling author. She has TED Talks that have been seen by millions of people. She talks about vulnerability and shame. In the last couple of years, Brene Brown talks a lot about courage and and how we need courage to face problems in life. I hear a lot of coaches today, football coaches, basketball coaches, and kind of the phrase many of them are using right now is they want to teach their kids, their students, or their players to to embrace an attitude of no fear of failure, to be courageous, to don't go out there and be worried about making a mistake. Go out there and make plays. And when I think about Will Smith trying to embody courage and Brene Brown teaching people how to be courageous people and coaches who teach this, I think it's great that they're doing it, but the church should be the one that models courage more than anybody. Because we follow the one who was the most courageous being who's ever lived. Yet I wonder if those who are outside the church look in and see the church as the most courageous people who live on the face of the planet. John chapter 17, this is the longest prayer Jesus prays in the Gospels. In John 17, Jesus prays, he prays and acknowledges God the first few verses. He prays for his disciples who he was with in that moment. And Jesus took time in John 17 to pray for us, to pray for those who would believe. And let me just share with you just a few of these verses and what Jesus prayed. In John chapter 17, verse 11, as he's praying, he says this, I will remain in the world no longer. But they, talking about his disciples, they are still in the world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. So I want to read this. I want to give you just a few things to be praying over our seniors, and hopefully something will stick in your own life that you can pray for. But notice this. What he's asking for and what he's praying to God for is to protect his disciples in the power of the name of Jesus, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. In verse 15, he says, my prayer is not that you take them out of this world. My prayer is that you protect them from the evil one. And in verse 16, they are not of this world, even as I am not of it. 
And then sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Let me give you a few things. Let me just kind of toss a few things out there and hope one of them sticks. One thing Jesus prays for multiple times throughout this prayer in John 17 is that God would keep his people in his name. Keep them in the name. The name we want to keep people in. The name we want to keep our graduates in and our young people and the church in is not the name of Christianity and it's not the name of the churches of Christ as important as those things can be. It's in the name of Jesus. Let's keep them in the power of his name. To be kept in the name of Jesus is to realize what the name of Jesus means for us. That a lot of times in churches we can focus a lot on like you, you pray for Jesus to be in your heart or you're baptized, have Jesus inside of you. But the Bible talks just as much about you being in Jesus as it does talking about Jesus being inside of you. Jesus' prayer is not that, that God would keep them safe so that these people wouldn't die. It's to keep them safe in a way that is strengthening character inside of them, that is rooting them in a way that no matter when the storms of life come, they will be unshakable. The prayer Jesus prays isn't just to keep them in the name. It's also to keep them out of the clutches of the evil one. Multiple times in this prayer, that's what he prays for. Keep them from evil. Keep them out of the clutches of evil. I would say that the majority of my prayer time, praying over the people in this church and people I love, is that God would protect people from the evil one. Not protect them in a way where they lock themselves in a house and never engage the world, but protect them in the way where we rebuke anything that tries to come inside of people that does not align with the character and nature of God, whether that's in heart, mind, body, or soul. And Jesus focuses in this prayer multiple times. He focuses on this word sanctify or to consecrate, to make holy. To sanctify them by the truth. In the Old Testament, this is a word used to describe the dedication of the service of God. To be sanctified, consecrated, to be made holy is not just about your standing before God. It is about your service to God. That God consecrates, God makes holy, God cleans you up, God purifies you, not just for the sake of your status with God, but for the sake of your service with God. Preparing you to be a certain kind of people in the world, preparing you for mission. I remember a few years ago, uh, I was, I was uh, writing in my second book, and I remember also teaching in front of the church about, about this idea of fears, and I, and I walked through phobias. Now, sometimes we confuse phobias with pet peeves and and I know most of you in this room, some of you probably have phobias. I bet most of you have things that drive you nuts. And I don't think it would surprise you what the, the main phobias are. In America today, 20 to 25% of people suffer from some kind of phobia. It can lead to anxiety orders. And you know, phobias are like a, a fear of spiders, a fear of elevators, a fear of heights, a fear of public speaking. Some of the new phobias that are around today, there is a, a new phobia. It's only been around for 15 to 20 years. It is called nomophobia, which is a fear of losing cell phone contact. It's when those bars are shrinking and you begin to freak out because you're like, I'm going to have no service. I've had some of you in this room have had that happen while you've driven before and you have like made a U-turn or pulled off the road to stop just so you can do what you need to do before you lose that cell phone contact. There's a, um, and, and I don't want to make light of phobias. Phobias can create all kinds of anxiety orders and mental illness, so I, I don't want to make light of it. But I remember teaching a few years ago that there is a newer phobia that's really taken off in our younger generation. And the name of this phobia is atikiphobia. 
And it's the fear of failure and the fear of, of upsetting people, fear of letting people down. And I don't want to ever teach this in a way where it makes me sound like I don't want our younger people to be ambitious and to set high goals and to create and, and have a big vision from God that they try to live into. But what happens in a society where we place so much on a generation and with social media, and I know a lot of data and study has been tried to be done to, to see the impact that social media has on people, but you mix all this together, and what it does is it can create in people this fear of failure or fear of letting people down, which ultimately leads to people deciding for the rest of their lives just to play it safe and to no longer take risks. And I'm not talking about risking with the lottery or pulling levers in casinos. I'm talking about risking with your time and risking with your energy and risking for the sake of the gospel. And what happens if a tikophobia sets into the church? Where in the church there is a fear of failure or a fear of letting people down or a fear of taking risks because we may upset people. So as we think about fear and we hear how Jesus prayed over us in John 17 we know Jesus didn't pray a prayer over us that he was not willing to live into himself so there's probably someone in here today who needs the courage to make a decision for faith that you've never made before courage to face a fear courage to surrender your life to someone greater I heard of a woman who was baptized just recently and what she said right before she was baptized is it is so hard for me to surrender my life to someone else. And I hear that and I think, I think she gets it. Surrendering your life to someone else is hard. Maybe you need the courage this week to do something that is hard. Courage to face your own fears. Let me ask you to stand just for a moment. I want to pray over us before we sing another song. As we stand, I want to ask elders and prayer leaders, if you will, move throughout the room to receive people for prayer. And will you please close your eyes and bow your heads with me? And if you're willing, where you are, just open your hands before God, just to receive from God. And let me ask you to have a moment with God, just where you are, just quietly where you are. Where do you need God to give courage in your life today? Is there a place in your life you lack courage? Is there a place in your life you need courage? Talk to God about it. I want to ask you as a church to take just a moment silently where you are to pray over our graduating seniors that God will insert courage inside of them, that God will sanctify them, that God will keep them in Jesus' name, that God will keep them out of the clutches of evil. Latch on to one of those phrases and intercede for our graduating seniors. And God, for our church today, I don't know if your calling upon us is to go out from this place and to do great things for you. I think your calling upon us is to go out and do faithful things for you. May we be faithful in each moment as we cling to Jesus, as we strive for truth, 
as we embrace your grace and compassion. Give us the courage we need to face our fears, the courage we need to do what is right even when it's hard. I pray this in the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. If there's someone here who wants to give their life to Jesus today in baptism, Randy Frederick, we have two elders up here in the front to receive you. If there's anything we can pray over you today, please come to the front or find one of the prayer leaders stationed around the room. Let's sing together.